Hi, my name is Dr. Steven Newhart, and this is the Dr. Fit Podcast channel. On this channel, we believe that exercise is medicine. I spent 17 years of my life as a personal trainer prescribing exercise to people, and I found that it was a massive improvement strategy for disease. And on this channel, we're gonna bring in a lot of experts. We're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about science-based education and how it can be used to better your life or to even eliminate disease. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Fit podcast slash television show. I have a great guest here today. We're gonna to talk about the effects of exercise on just basically life and what it can do to improve in that whole entire area. Um, and then maybe we'll get a little specific and talk about how my guest periodizes and programs and that's obviously gonna be important for everybody to hear. Uh, so Amanda, I have Amanda Torres with me today. Amanda, thank Hello. you for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the channel. Course, I appreciate that. I love talking about exercise. I could probably talk about exercise all day long. And then, so this is going to be great that you love talking about exercise. Um, it, it's actually kind of funny how we are sitting here right now. I reached yeah. out to a friend of yours and she said, this person would be great to interview on your yeah. Dr. Fit channel. So I, you know, uh, I, I love, uh, I love meeting you and, and thanks for being here. So tell me, so how long have you been exercising? Let's just kind of, and should we stay specific to resistance training or? I used to do quite a bit of cardio. I would say fitness in general, three and a half years, mm -hmm. okay. okay, maybe four, but very, very consistently than three. Okay. So you told me that you started exercising for a very specific reason. What, I did. What was that reason? What got you going? So I was in a, um, a domestic violence relationship for about seven years. And then when I first left, um, for like the first six months, uh, obviously, if you've ever been in a domestic violence relationship, then you're probably aware, like, there's a lot of insecurities and stuff that follow sure. with it. And um, for the first six months, I really didn't know how to channel some of those feelings. And initially, I thought, well, I could just lose a little bit of weight. Maybe that would help with the insecurity. Mm -hmm. And then once I got really invested in it, I started to see um, the mental benefits that came with fitness and fitness in general and specifically uh, strength training sure sure so strength so more so strength training well um i used to run quite a bit i actually did a half marathon uh like two years ago my first half marathon um and after i finished that i decided to stick with st <laughs> just <laughs> just strength training i was like yeah i don't think isn't I it do. interesting because the extreme of cardio mm -hmm. is 26 miles mm -hmm. the extreme of weightlifting is pulling 225 pounds off the floor which lasts about 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll choose the 10 seconds. Well, and you know what's funny is it's almost the same, the same accomplished feeling after running 13, over 13 miles, that feeling crossing the line is almost equivalent to the 10 seconds that you're, you're pulling 225 That is pounds. massively interesting that you said that because even as somebody that exercises, you don't always make all these connections mm -hmm. that other people are making in there. And you're right, actually. What is that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, now I'm going to think about that all day long. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Once I once I realized that, I thought I don't need to run that much. It'd be a lot easier on my knees, I think, if I just stuck to, to get the training. same to get the same feeling. Yeah, because 225. As you told me, your max is 225 mm -hmm. pounds on a deadlift. Mm -hmm. To lift that kind of weight, that's not something that's 
easy to do. And it gives you the feeling that you could, in fact, go move something that that Mm -hmm. other people couldn't move. That maybe could cause, you know, a life-threatening situation or something like that. You know that you now have the power to go over Mm -hmm. there and save somebody. And, you know, you hear about these stories of people lifting Oh, yeah, like mom lifting lifting cars Uh and stuff. Which I believe is when you get all the endorphins and all the muscles and all the nerves involved Mm -hmm. in one lift like that in one of those save situations mm-hmm. it's that your body can do amazing things yeah. so now knowing that you can voluntarily move 225 pounds you could probably do mm-hmm. the same thing with a car easily mm-hmm. so that's great it's just a great empowering feeling i think so other other ladies like yourself there's got to be more out there who have gone through these types of relationships i shouldn't even say there've got to be more because there are more yes. we know that and if they knew that there was this outlet one of the purposes of this show is just to let people know that there is hope. I, I mm-hmm. interviewed my first interview on this channel was with a lady who reversed, uh, you know, osteoporosis, and and exercise can actually do that. Mm-hmm. You've got how many millions of ladies with osteoporosis out there yes. looking for a solution? Now we've got this understanding that if you're in a, you know, type of negative type of relationship like you are, which I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, then there is there's a solution. Yes. Well, I always tell people that the way that I associated it with is when I was in that relationship, there were so many things that I was convinced I could not do. You know, whether it's um, find another job, live on my own, be financially stable, run a household alone. Um, once I started doing things that physically required me to step outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. that that mentality translated into everything that I did. Right. So I started thinking, I, you know, I went back to school in October for my bachelor's in sociology. Sure. Um, and I got my certification right, right, be, right before that for training. And all of it was because at some point I had chose to tell myself that if I could get out of this relationship... And then if I could lift 200, you know, little things, you know, if oh, yeah. I could bench this or lift this, then I could do more. And then I started doing more. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at what I was capable of. People ask me all the time because I have three kids and work full time. I go to school full time. I train. I train others. And I'm on the, a nonprofit board. And people always ask me, how do you manage to do all that? And I said, you'd be surprised what you're capable of when you don't give yourself the option. Yeah. So. I'm with you on that. So so I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I was getting a PhD. Um, I had a child. We were moving into a new home. I had just bought this business from the previous owner. And people were doing the same thing to me. How are you making all this happen? And so I'll leave, well, not, I won't leave you with this, but I'll tell you this. This is what somebody told me just the other day, that resistance training on weights is training for life mm-hmm. resistance. Mm-hmm. So almost resistance training is resistance training. When you start do, being able to do more, yes. it's because resistance was placed in front of you. You can either push that down or you can use it as a mm-hmm. barrier and you can let it push you back. So... Resistance training with weights is a way to push through. You get the feeling as if you can push through everything else that encounters you mm-hmm. in life that is is supposed to be a right. roadblock, but you don't allow it to be. 
So I, I believe you and I'm with you. And you've yeah, noticed all these life changes. training muscles, right? You're training your mind. Too, you're a personal so. trainer. So you're a personal trainer. Yes. Who are you certified through? Ace. That is one of the best ones you can That's get. That's what I've been told. And, you know, I, I was studying <laughs> for it. And I almost for a second thought to myself, I probably should have picked an easier <laughs> an easier <laughs> no. certification. No. But Ace, Ace seemed like the right way to go. Now you so. have one of the top certifications. So, I, so good yeah. for you. Our uh, here, who is now our CFO. She has been working with me for 10 years. I hired her nine, 10 or nine years ago, and we've worked together ever since. And she's, she has ACE. That was her first certification that she could get. And she was the busiest trainer. Then she moved into the fitness director role. Now she's the CFO of our company. Mm -hmm. And so I look very highly to ACE. ACE yeah. is a good one. So, so where do you train? What do I train? No, where, where, where do you train? Well, or do you go to people's homes? No, I do online training right now okay. only because I went back to school and one-on-one -on -one training and then COVID and of course everything. One-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one training um, was just a little bit time, more time consuming. Sure. Um, online training, I'm able to um, load up the plans, upload the videos, and then the clients can send me videos back to check form. Sure. We can um, work on really essentially anything that you can do in person online. It is, I mean, it's a big thing now. Mm -hmm. And know, then it allows people to work out on whatever schedule works best for them. Sure. Well, at some point we need to get you in the gym and start <laughs> giving you some real people. I know you, you know, have a nice gym here. Giving you some people to actually correct because with that high level certification, I don't know. I don't well, know if you're I've, doing it justice. Even prior to getting my certification, I trained um, close friends and family. So I did get some one-on-one -on -one, like in-person mm -hmm in-person uh, good 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 I, I am still a big fan of it I think that the full product that a trainer has to deliver is done in person because of the energy share I'll tell you what I'll leave accounting okay and then I'll just come work <laughs> over here for you guys as long as you like the facility I mean you've got a great certification you've got experience so that's that's typically what we look for and we usually have interns coming through regularly from UTA of course but let's talk a little bit more specifically about lifting because deadlifting is your favorite exercise. Yes. And so what are some key points that you would tell somebody? Because people that listen to this channel, they're going to, uh, they're going to want advice on exercising. Mm -hmm. So tell me what the, you know, what would be some key, key, key pieces you'd give somebody on a deadlift? Um, you know, one of the, I always start with one of the mistakes that I made when I started deadlifting mm -hmm. is initially I didn't under, didn't fully understand um, progressive overload. Yeah. I always associate it with just adding weight right? because that's what I always saw. That's what I always heard. But I didn't understand that progressive overload also comes in the form of technique, um, mm -hmm. things like, you know, your form, yep. things like that. And then I had someone correct me that's been doing fitness for so long. Um, once he saw some of my videos, we went over it and I realized I really had to take a step back on the weight right? and correct the form yep. because it wasn't. It wasn't right. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of, it humbles you, that's for sure. You, uh, but I had to work my way all the way back up to 225 when I was so close, but doing it so well. <laughs> and well, that's, see, that's what happens. And that's what we don't want to happen to people is you get that close. It could be that next day. Yes, that you that hurt that yourself. Wait, finally, it's like it's mm -hmm. heavy enough that one of your back muscles decides to snap or one of your discs decides to bulge or whatever. Because mm -hmm. that exercise, it's, it's, big for that. I mean, that's where the, a lot of that stuff happens. Even it doesn't, it's not even as prevalent in back squatting as it is in deadlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm totally with you and it's just, 
the cues I like to give people, I mean, you've got to have your back's got to be flat. Yeah. And then if it's not flat and you're not bracing with your transverse abdominis and your mm-hmm. erector spinae on the backside of your body, it's mm-hmm. just so even a little bit of that rounding. I don't know if people understand when the back starts to round like this, mm-hmm. if there's all this load here, you're just waiting for one of your discs to like, you know, pop out. Oh, and yeah. once they pop out, I mean, it's really hard to get it to go back in. So you got to have that flat back get down there. Don't, but, but, you know, I, I teach classes for UTA and one of my students the other day said it, ego lifting. And I think oh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. word's probably mm-hmm. going to start getting out there. And I, I actually, when they said it, I liked it because I've been saying that forever. In my, in my world, we just say, you know, I don't use any trendy terms. I'm like pay attention to yourself. Don't mm-hmm. pay attention to other people. Mm-hmm. That is the exact you know, mm-hmm. definition of that word is don't lift based on what other people are doing. Lift on what you can do and pay exactly. attention to your weight and your form. And, you know, one thing I had to learn too was um, it's because you always see it on social media. You have to lift heavy. You have to lift heavy. And that's not really always the case. I mean, you can still get a lot of muscle activation from lighter weights in slower tempos, totally. you know, things like that. And then I was actually just talking about my Instagram the other day about weightlifting belts. Some people are using them all the time, right. yet they don't know how to really, really utilize their internal core, you know, the transverse abdominis, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're just relying on a belt. And now, you know, when they're, the heavier they get, I mean, they really can't because they haven't learned to utilize any of their internal core muscles. We had a really good strength coach when I played football, and he would uh, he would give us belts only for max lifts. So mm-hmm. we would use them for like two reps, you know, and then you take it off and use it for the next two reps. But all throughout the preparatory season, you weren't using that. And I do tell people, if you're using it all the time, those muscles are not going to be as strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're not allowing them to to, to develop right. with that because you're you're. You're, essentially, your guts are pushing out into the belt, mm-hmm. and it's creating the stability that you need. Right. Uh, instead of you doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you progress up from the, even like, so I like to talk about a bent row because a bent row is a very interesting exercise. The goal of the exercise is to strengthen your rhomboids on your back, mm-hmm. but you have to be in a position where the second you put yourself in this position, the weakness of your lower back starts to show yeah. because you're like, I can't hold this that long or this or that. That's one of those exercises where. Regardless if your rhomboids are strong enough, you have to take the weight down to allow your back to get stronger before your upper back mm-hmm. can actually be challenged. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to go through that. You know, you don't want to skip that because that's where the, you go up or, or you start seeing the people that are really, really, they're, they're, because your body lean of your torso should be right. almost even with the ground. They're up here and they're kind of like even shrugging it up into their shoulders. Mm-hmm. You're not challenging the right muscle group at all right. with that. I'm a big fan of pinlay rows. Um, I do bent rows. Well, you have to educate me. Um, I do. I used to do bent rows, and then I kind of switched over to pinlay rows um, because, well, one, it's a little bit easier. It felt a little bit easier on my back, Mm -hmm. but I noticed that on pinlay rows, I couldn't keep. um, I couldn't keep a flat. I couldn't bend down. I'm sorry. On bent rows, I wasn't bending down enough, and pinlay rows force you to because the bar's on the ground. What is that? Tell me what pinlay row. Um. How do I explain it? So the the bars on the ground, you're bent over just like a bent bent over row, but mm-hmm. the bar always makes contact with the ground. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, 
and then you're just you're just pulling it up to your chest just and like you, you would a bit row, and then you set it back okay. down yeah okay. good deal yeah. yeah and i'm a big fan of those because anytime i go up weight and i'm not ready for it i almost immediately feel it in my lower back and yeah. then i i know to, to adjust it we have but, gotten to the point where so many of the exercises that we 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 tell people to do because we've we've shifted to almost all compound you know there's mm -hmm. it's like machines are out i'm i'm not a huge fan of the machines are out comment but we've shifted to a lot of compound a lot of compound exercises are going to go right through your midsection and a lot of that's yeah. going right through your low back and if you're yeah. doing it day after day after day after day i expect that your low back's going to start yeah any compound exercise is going to really force you to utilize it is it's, it's just your, your core muscles yeah so but anyways um but I mean, you know, I, I love talking to you about this mm -hmm. and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Of so I love fitness. So any, any opportunity I get to talk, I don't tell, have a lot tell of them, friends tell, that are as tell fitness them. enthusiasts as I am. So sometimes I'm like, don't y'all want to talk about the gym? They're like, not really. I'm like, oh. Give two okay. key points to the people that are listening out there. Just, I don't know, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Um, two tips. Two tips. Don't worry about anybody else's progress. Only worry about yours. Correct. Everybody's muscle builds differently, right? Mm -hmm. And then focus on form. There you form go. Form is so important. So in the psychology world, we call that kind of goal that you're like, so if I'm like, I want to be like Amanda, that's called an outcome goal. And an outcome goal is never what we should focus on in the gym because yeah. it's, I always it's that. social comparison. Don't want to look like me. Want to look like the better version of you. How interesting the best is this? version of you. Let me ask you this question. How interesting is this? We know, we've known for 40 years probably that an outcome goal is bad. Yet, what did we do? Well, let's create all this social media platform where mm -hmm. everybody's trying to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So let's go the complete opposite direction. We like... It's almost as if we did not learn from what we knew mm -hmm. and then we developed this. Now, your system's different. You've got everybody... In their own little, they're, they're, you're the coach and they're, they're in their own individual mm -hmm. slots. They're watching you and you're watching them. That makes sense. But when we just blanketly stare at everybody that's out there and say, oh, that's what I want. That's what mm -hmm. I want. It gets so confusing. It does. You have got to focus on yourself just like you just mm -hmm. said. That's, a, that's one of the probably we need to actually emphasize that point and take that point into the next century mm -hmm. because it's what we need to start focusing on. Yeah. I, you know, I always try to be very transparent and tell people just because you see that this works for me mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work no. for you. My muscle may build better in one area. I've never really had an issue with upper body building my upper body because I don't carry a lot of fat in that area. Mm -hmm. So it, I tend to look a little bit leaner in the upper body when I'm trying to. Yeah, um, sure, sure. But for somebody else, that might not be the case. You know, body fat composition is very different for everybody else, and muscle growth is very different for, for everybody. It is. So very it's totally really right. more important about figuring out what works best for you and really capitalizing on that. I think that's the moral of this, uh, this talk right now is yeah. focus on you. And thank you for all the input and, and all, everything on your background. That's uh, very amazing. And I hope we inspire some people with your talk today. I so, so. Oh, I, I guarantee that we will, actually. I shouldn't say <laughs> I hope we will. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody, thank you. for uh, tuning into the Dr. Fit channel. And we'll see you again next time. Bye.